the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The great author J.R.R. Tolkien once wrote uh, that not all who wander are lost. One might reply that all who are lost have surely wandered. A few wander into lostness with great purpose and intention. Most of us just miss a turn somewhere. We head down uh, the wrong path. The prophet Jeremiah records the Lord's succinct summary of the apostasy of the people of Israel. They wander. From priests and prophets to the shepherds. People continually wander from the Lord, the very God who had rescued them from bondage and slavery in Egypt. They wander from the Lord who had claimed them as His own people. They wander from the very Lord that they had promised to love and serve. And why would they do such a thing? And what is to be done about it? About seven years ago, I went on my first men's hike, not as a leader, uh, but as a participant. Many of you know that I didn't make up the men's hike. I stole it uh, from this church in Charleston. And and there were two teams on this particular hike. Uh, There was the Alpha team, that was my team, uh, and then there was the Omega team. And a friend of mine was leading the Omega team. And he was walking along this sort of remote logging road with some of his guys, and They noticed that it had been a while since they had seen anybody else in their group. And then one of them remarked that, you know, it's been a while since we've seen any of the trail markers either. As they were beginning to uh, get a little worried, this old pickup truck puttered around this logging road and came down the hill. And they waved him down and this old Bubba with a Duck Dynasty beard, picked his dog up out of his lap to roll down the window. My friend sort of asked with feigned confidence, So, uh, about how far up are the other hikers? And the reply came, Ain't no other hikers on this road. And my friend suddenly realized that they were not where they had set out to be. They had a map, but they hadn't followed it, and now they were lost. Quick caveat, if you're still thinking about signing up for our men's site, that would never happen on ours. Uh, <clears throat> probably. Um, well, this uh, passage from Jeremiah, uh, the Lord is building his case against the people of Israel, but, but the tenor of the passage is not angry. It's sad. Our passage picks up in verse 4, but the lament begins just a couple of verses earlier as the Lord recalls in just a really touching, really vulnerable way the former devotion that He shared with the Israelites. He says, I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride. When the deliverance from Egypt was still fresh in their minds, their love for the Lord was sweet and enthusiastic. But now it's generations later. And our passage shows that when things got tough politically, socially, economically, personally, 
and did not cry out to the Lord. Despite God's faithfulness to them in the past, they did not trust that He was going to deliver them again. They had a map. It was the law of God. But they didn't follow it. And instead, for help, for satisfaction, they turned to the dead idols of the culture around them. They wandered. They set off down the wrong road. As if the Lord could not or would not save them, bless them, deliver them again. The Lord closes uh, His case in the final verse of our passage, verse 13, with remarkable imagery. He says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken Me, the fountain of all living waters, and they have hewed out cisterns for themselves. Broken cisterns that can hold no water. In our culture, good clean water uh, comes at the turn of a knob. We can can miss this imagery. But it would not have been missed in Jeremiah's agricultural culture where pretty much everybody was a farmer of some sort. And every farmer would have loved to have a a, a fresh spring of, of living water flowing all the time, get, irrigating their crops and giving life uh, to their land. But those who weren't quite so fortunate had to, had to shape, dig out bottle-shaped um, cisterns out of the limestone beneath the soil. The cisterns caught the rainwater and, and the water became stagnant and the uh, and, the, and the stagnant water would crack the limestone regularly and the water would seep out into the earth. And it was a bad day when this farmer came out and found a dry cistern and left his family desperate and thirsty. In other words, what the Lord is saying is, but you have me. You have the one true God, a fountain of a living water free for the taking. But you turn back to the dead idols of your culture. Broken sisters that don't hold water. And wouldn't it be easy for me this morning to warn you not to be like them. Don't don't turn back to the dead idols of your culture. Be careful now. I'm a Christian. And for over 23 years I have believed that Christ's death has covered my sins and and I have experienced God's faithfulness many, many times and yet, how easily I wander. Not too long ago, uh, I was at home and I I couldn't find something that I needed. It's a huge pet peeve of mine. And my kids were this sort of uh, tornado of fighting and mess making. If I were a woman, it would have been a Calgon moment But I'm a man, and I just got mad. My cistern had run dry. And I remember having that specific uh, fuming thought that, you know, I would be happy if I just had control and order and calm in my house. And at the same time, thinking, my kids are eight and six and two, I'll never have control and order and calm in my house. And then, I guess nudged by the Holy Spirit, I was just just aware of what an idol those things were in my own heart. 
You know, idolatry is making good things into God things. Good things like control or calm or order or money or relationships. And I was requiring those things, that calm and order, before I could be happy or satisfied. There were cisterns that weren't going to hold water. And if I believe what I preach, and I do, I'm already full in Christ. And yet I wasn't living and reacting and responding according to what I believe. And the point I'm trying to make here is that it, just, it really doesn't matter how long you follow, have followed Christ, but as the hymn declares, our hearts are prone to wander, prone to leave the God we love. If you're anything like me, we, we want the default of how we live our lives and how we view and react to the world to be Christian, to be redeemed children of God, sanctified and joyful. That's not the tale of the tape. We have professed our need for God's grace. We've seen God's faithfulness to us time and again, and yet we return to dead idols for help and satisfaction. Before we turn to the Lord. That's just one example in my life. I can give you, I have a sea of examples. Over 23 years. It's the, the pattern of my life with Christ. A friend asked me just the other day, why do we forget? Why uh, do we return to our fallen ways and have to be reminded of God's grace over and over again? And my only answer was, it's, not our, it's just not our nature to remember we're fallen and we're sinful. And so thorough is our fallenness. What we see in the lives of the people of Israel, we see in our own lives. That our default is spiritual lostness. And that dictates that we will trust in anything but the one true God who will and can save us. And so what's to be done about it? Well, you remember my friend who was leading the Omega team on that men's hike. He was instantly overcome with angst and guilt, having been the leader of this group, now lost. Well, Bubba tipped his hat. My friend suddenly realized that his hat was white, this sort of brilliant, bright white. It had this little red embroidered cross right in the middle. And Bubba said, if, if you're looking for the trail, it's just about half a mile back down the road. You missed it. And he patted his dog on the head and said, hop in the back of the truck. Me and Angel, that was the dog's name, Angel. Me and Angel will take you back down to the trail. And half a mile later, they jumped out of the truck and thanked old Bubba and Bubba drove off and their jaws dropped as they saw written on the back tailgate of the truck, Alpha Omega Rescuers. It's a true story. And my friend didn't mean to get lost. He just got lost. And in his lostness, in his angst, in his guilt, he had no help for himself. And it took an outside help to find him and to carry him back to the right path. What do we do with our lostness when we are prone to wander? We thank the Lord. That regardless of what is swirling around us, regardless of our wandering inclinations, our default 
idolatries, what is the most true about us, is if we are in Christ, is that in Him we are found. That He has found us. Christ Jesus is our outside help, our fountain of living water. And in Him, we are declared to have walked the right path the whole way. And on the, Christ, on the cross, Jesus Christ died for our wandering lostness. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Amen.